It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey everyone, Kyle Meredith here. We're taking a few weeks off here at Kyle Meredith With, but wanted to thank you for listening in this year by sharing some of our favorite interviews from 2022. We'll be back with brand new episodes on January 6th. For now, here's my chat with Metallica's Kirk Hammett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Consequence Podcast Network. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Uh, You know what to do by now. You like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones as well at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video version or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And that's me, I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, talking with Kirk Hammock. The Metallica guitarist has his debut solo EP, Portals, uh, released for Record Store Day. We're going to hear about how it was birthed from his uh, horror movie exhibition a few years ago and when Metallica did S&M 2. Kurt's also going to tell us about just discovering prog rock bands like Genesis, Yes, and Jethro Tull. Uh, but not being much of a fan of the Beatles, I know they're not prog, that does go together in the conversation, I promise you. Uh, also, the uh, possibility of eventually playing this uh, Portals EP live, and what it means to have the very first Metallica solo release. Kirk's also going to discuss um, if he would do ever do a uh, like a guest pack solo album in the vein of Tom Morello's recent releases. Uh, future plans for the wedding band, which also features uh, Robert Trujillo from Metallica, and having uh, more time for creative projects now that he's seven years sober. So let's do this discussing Portals. It's Kyle Meredith with Metallica guitarist Kirk Hammett. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? Let me say first how much uh, I've absolutely loved listening to this Portals EP that you've done here. Uh, what a cool project. I know it's part of a record store day. Uh, the obvious question, how did this whole concept start? It all came about from the need to, like, uh, to, to have some music for my my museum uh, uh, my my museum show my a horror movie poster exhibition that that uh, that happened at the Peabody Museum in Massachusetts in, in 2018 
you know, I sat down and thought, I should write a, you know, some music kind of thing to be play, played in the background while people observe, you know, the, the show. And so I had this, like, you know, finger-picking part. I sat down, and, like, four or five hours later, I had, like, seven or eight different parts to it. And, 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 and just, like, within that course of time, it went from, okay, I'm going to sit down and write some background music to Oh my God! There's there's this, uh, there's four or five parts here that 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 are actually taking shape and 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 uh, you know it's looking like you know this this the seed of an idea wants to be something else other than just background music and uh, and so that eventually became Maiden and the Monster and uh, um, when I re- you know when I when I was uh, uh, composing it. It, it, uh, my whole idea was to kind of like, you know, write music and arrange it so that they, they unfold more as like musical themes, you know, or musical atmospheres or moods and or feelings. So it felt like you're cycling through some sort of like, you know, story or adventure, you know, with various scenarios. Uh, and, um, and that's how the maiden, that's how maiden the monster kind of came about. And so I, you know, when I finished it, I kind of sat on it and, and really didn't take, uh, 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 give it any other attention and kind of like, um, you know, kind of shelved it away and tried not to bring too much attention to to it itself. And so I, I another uh, for my second uh, uh, exhibition in Toronto. Uh, in 2019, I sat down and said, all right, I'm going to try to do this again. I'm going to try and write some background music. But, you know, I failed gloriously, and that became the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I was, I was at a point of going, wait a second here. Okay, I've tried to like write something really, you know, simple, and they, they, both of them turned out, you know, become two serious pieces of music what's going on here and i just thought to, to myself well i'll just sit on these two pieces of music and just you know see what happens and uh, at that point uh, the band was getting ready ready to do snm2 and i met edwin outwater who was uh, uh, the conductor for snm2 and we hit it off literally within the first like 15 seconds of meeting each other because one of the first things out of his mouth was i love horror movies ever since i was a kid i'm a monster kid i'm like me too and then we went into a, you know an ongoing conversation about horror movies and, and the horror genre and whatnot and uh i said to him hey man you know we could collaborate. I've been writing these instrumentals that are kind of horror-based. You know, I got this. Uh, I got a ton more music. We should get together and write something. Because you know, I knew that uh, that he, uh, that you know he he was like he he knew his horror movies, and we both uh, uh, talked about how much we loved uh, the various uh, uh, soundtracks, you know, to, to various films. And, you know, he t- turned me on to a lot of, like, you know, uh, uh, classical composers and, and traditional or more modern composers. 
that, that had, had written pieces that were really like, you know, dark or eerie that I knew nothing about. And getting a long list of, of stuff. And I was just blown away by how great all, all, all this music was. So I said to him, yeah, we got to collaborate. He goes, yeah, let's do it. So I played them like all these bits and pieces of music that eventually became incantation. And he just, you know, he loved it. And, you know, and that's how the incantation came about. And this we started this about, I would say, about two or three months before COVID hit. And so COVID hit, and, uh, and we had all this time. So what did we, you know, what would you, did we do? We just, just like, I, I contacted uh, uh, Edwin and I said, incantation's great. We should do something else. So I had this flamenco piece that, you know, the band kind of didn't really show much interest in. So I, I, I showed it to Edwin. He's like, oh, this is great. You definitely do something with this. And that became High Plains Drifter. <laughs> and so we had the demos to, to these two songs. And in uh, the summer of, of uh, uh, 2020, we went into the studio Right when, when, you know, things started to loosen up a bit, you know, and vaccine, people were getting vaccinated, and, you know, studios were opening up. And, and so we went to the studio with a small chamber orchestra and recorded those two songs. And, you know, they came out great. And so I had, then I had four tracks. <laughs> and it was weird because, like, this was not a plan of, a part of any sort of planning or anything like that, strategizing on my part, because I, I keep on telling every single person who I talk to, I don't take myself this seriously. <laughs> I swear to God, I just don't take myself this seriously. <laughs> so this just kind of happens, man. It kind of happens. And, you know, uh, you know, I was just like, this is great. And so uh, I, uh, I went to... Uh, one of our managers, and so I got these tunes, you know, and I played for him. And he said, Oh, this is great, you know. And I said, You know, I'm interested in putting it out. He goes, Okay. He, all of a sudden, you know, the next day he said, We should put it out right away. And I was like, Oh, because <laughs> I was expecting this to come out in like in a couple of years or something, you know, after the next Metallica album. You know, I didn't want any conflicts or anything, you know. So I was expecting it to come out like a lot later. And he said, "Oh no, it's it's ready." So I mean, if it's finished, let's put it out. And then, like a couple of days later, he said, "If we get if we get all all the packaging done, all, all the notes together, sequence and everything, we can get we can we can uh, get it uh, uh, and get it released on record store day." And I was like, "Of course!" <laughs> and literally, we got all that stuff done and together in a week. And, you know, that pretty much brings us to this point. <laughs> but, I mean, it wasn't really part, it wasn't like, you know, something that I sat down and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. It just kind of unfolded, which is another thing that just trips me out, <laughs> you know, because if I did sit down and, like, announce to the world and myself, okay, time to do a solo album, I would have put way more, more, more work and effort and there would be way more pe people involved and there'd be a schedule and a lot more stress and whatnot. It, it didn't, this didn't happen. It's just like, okay. Oh, okay. It looks like I have a, a track here. Oh, it looks like I have another track. 
oh, it looks like we have two more tracks. Might as well put them out because it's only a half hour worth of music. So, you know, that's that's pretty much how it came out, bro. <laughs> well, I, I will I will tell you, it, it's you know, I said it was fun at the beginning, and I actually meant that. I absolutely meant that. Uh, hearing the movements, hearing uh, this, how the the titles go with the sounds because the titles are so descriptive in there. I mean, especially when you hear uh, see the words "High Plains Drifter." And and immediately, you know, I, I think you've talked about, you know, having Ennio Morricone as a bit of the inspiration in there. Like, like you feel that. And, and in the gin, which, you know, was instantly, I think, the first thing I was drawn to. By the way, is there is there a little Beatles send up in the gin? Uh, everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. Is that is that on purpose? Do you hear that? <laughs> I, I, I'm not a Beatles fan. So if if there if if it's in there, then maybe it's fucking super super subconscious or un- unconscious, you know? Because I do love George Harrison's playing, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of all the Beatles, you know, post Beatles work. <laughs> like I love Wings, right? You know, I love George Harrison's solo albums, I love John Lennon's solo albums, and who doesn't love Ringo Starr's, you know, you know, post Beatles stuff? <laughs> it's just so cute. <laughs> I'll check that out, bro. Yeah, there's a moment. It's about 4:50 in there where you go dun 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 dun, and I thought, oh, that's that's so specific. But of course, it's also just chords, you know. Um, I love yeah. that. But kind of with that in mind, you know, when when you're talking about send ups, as we mentioned, Ennio Morricone, do you find that you take moments in pieces like this to kind of put those tributes in there? Like, are, are there any? I don't want to call them Easter eggs, but do you do you take those moments to kind of throw some send ups when you can? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, there are there are definitely you know things that I'm paying tribute to uh, for sure, and I'm super influenced by classical music and prog these days you know i just discovered prog by the way it's just like yeah i just never got around to listening to it and then a few years ago i was just like hey i need to start listening to this stuff because this stuff is really cool and important and instrumental in what you know heavy metal is today you know i think definitely draw a, a line there especially with the early prog you know i mean if it wasn't for that early prog, you know, heavy metal wouldn't would sound different. You know, the, the heavy metal we know today. I sincerely believe that. But, I mean, that prog influence was huge. And, you know, the classical influence has always always been there. But I, I was, it was the first opportunity for me to really act on it primarily. And, you know, I... I, I, I'd, I'd have, I had I'd had a, a real just kind of like hunger to take uh, symphonic instruments, you know, classical instruments and just using them in a heavier format, you know, and it's, it's amazing because a classical instrument has the potential to be so heavy yet so beautiful. And, you know, you don't really get, get that, uh, that kind of like, you know, tonal paradox, (laughs) you know, with a guitar, you know, or maybe you do, but 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 it's it, 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 you know you really have to have to like you know it comes so naturally with with with, with like you know a cello or a violin you know a viola, and and so you know I just I, I, I all these songs you know were written with with the idea of incorporating that that kind of instrumentation from the very beginning 
and so that's why it, it, uh, I feel that you know the, a, a lot of the 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 the, the stringed parts or uh, 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 a lot of the arrangements just flow so well. Is because there's you know is written is written with a lot of that kind of stuff in mind and a lot of space created for that kind of inst- instrumentation. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Did the um, is it a coincidence the, when you talk about the Prague thing coming into your life that I think it was just last year that you were on a Tom Morello track with Alex Lifeson from Rush? Yeah, well, I've always been a Rush fan, you know, I've always been a Rush fan. I've never really listened to like you know the Yes, Jethro Tull, Genesis, King Crimson, you know, all, all those kind of affiliated bands, and and so. Uh, you know, I, I, at one point, I was just like so into yes. Like, it was, it's all I listened to for like a couple of weeks. You know, it's just like it was, I was driving everyone crazy around me. But you know, it's just great stuff, man. It's just really, really instrumental and important stuff. And especially just how you can tell a story without lyrics. I mean, I think that's one of the most fun parts about that genre for me, anyway. And especially as I mentioned, I get that from this Portals EP as well. Well, yeah, I mean. You know, it's just, it's just like, 
it just goes to show that you can tell a story without really relying on human language, you know, you know, and, and, and this is like a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, kind of example of that, you know, being able to tell a story without really, uh, using human language. And it really underlines the fact that music is universal, you know, because you listen, you know, can listen to this and get some, some sort of storyline out of it, you know, think, you know, one person, you know, sitting in Oakland, California, is going to get somewhat of the same sort of like, you know, uh, 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 musical messages or, 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 you know, audio messages as someone who's sitting in like, you know, uh, you know somewhere in, in Nigeria or something, you know, it's, you know, still get, you know, somewhat similar sort of like messages and feelings and, and you know, how cool is that? How universal is that? It's like, you know, making, 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 you know, telling a tale that's, that that could be so personalized, you know, at the same time. Well, it, it keeps happening all the way through it. And, you know, I haven't even mentioned the incantation that you did, but I mean, it, it almost gets downright playful and maybe hits on more sounds than any other uh, of the tracks, which says something. I mean, you fit so many different moods into one little song as a little song, but you know, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing how much is packed into that. Yeah. It's dense. It's a dense <laughs> tune. And like, you know, even myself afterwards, when, when it ends, I just feel like, Oh, I just felt like I just went for a run or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of it, 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 it's it's physically exerting listening to that tune, you know, because it demands so much from the listener. But you know, at the same time, it's very rewarding. You know, I feel. So, are you going to have space in your schedule this year to to do any of this live? Is there going to be a live component? Well, I, I I still have to figure out how to do it. You know, how to do it live. I mean. I know how I know that all these songs could be played in a, a, a four-piece band. You know, guitars, uh, bass, drums, and keyboards. But it would not. You know, you'd be missing all the instrumentation. You know, the way to do it would, would be uh, to, to, to uh, have a four-piece band and then a small chamber orchestra consisting of five or six members. You know, two cellos. Um, uh, I mean, two violins, a cello, a French horn, and a harp. And so, all together, you'd have a nine-piece band. You could do it. You could you could play these tracks live with a nine-piece band. You know, it's it's definitely possible. And and, and so, you know, so I mean, we, I, you know, I'm, I would love to take this on tour, and I would love to play. In every place, you know, with with these tunes, I just it still remains, you know, whether or not it's feasible or not, or not, and if if enough people are interested, you know, in, in seeing the stuff being performed live, you know, I think it'd be pretty cool. But you know, time will tell. <laughs> would love to, would love to see that. Uh, does it put any more importance on this project that after forty years, this is there's never been a Metallica solo project. Uh, before and th- th- so this becomes that, right? I guess so. I mean, you know, there have been attempts in the past with, with uh, not very good, you know, results. Uh, and you know, those attempts in the past have been well documented. But I mean, 
you know, things are just different now in Metallica. I mean, we're just a lot more mature, I guess, <laughs> a lot more responsible, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and, and so, you know, things like, you know, a solo album, there's just, you know, there's a, 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 just a, a new, it's just a different understanding of, you know, I think the understanding nowadays is that we're all artists and we all create and we should all, you know, have, have, have uh, the, uh, the opportunity to express ourselves and, you know, put out whatever art we want to put out to, you know, to the world. There, there's no, there, there's no reason why we shouldn't at this point. What have we got to prove? We're freaking one of the biggest bands in the world these days, you know? I mean, how how can how can anything dilute our influence these days? <laughs> you know, and so I believe you know putting out an album like this only makes us look better. You know, and it's not just you know it's just not not just my my solo album. I mean, you know, this album is the result of of, of those guys' influence too. I mean, those the guys have been playing with for the last forty years. I mean, you know. They're on this album as much as I am, you know. It's just, just subjectively, you know, not objectively, you know. I mean, come on, we're all we're all influenced on each other when it, when it comes to being in a band, and so there's no way around it, you know. Well, now the seal is broken. I mean, now now those opportunities are there. You know, I mentioned Tom Morello a minute ago. Could you see yourself ever doing what he's been doing lately with with his uh, with his records with with all the guests, vocalist type of a thing? Yeah, I could totally see myself doing something like that. But you know, I'm a you know, even though this is a solo you know, solo project, I'm a band kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in in the, the power of you know. Four or five individuals, just kind of like you know, having a similar goal, similar vision, and really just like you know, putting their heads down and making making that happen. And you know, I'm I love that because it leads to results that you would never have have, have expected. You know, and it leads down creative roads that you would never have went down by yourself. And, and and so that's why I think you know, being in a band and collaborating is probably the best opportunity you can have as a musician. If you do it all yourself, you know, definitely possible, you know, and and it, and and you know, it's it, it's it's great, but it takes a lot of work, and you know, you kind of know what you're what you're gonna uh, uh, get at the at the end of, of the road, you know, or maybe. 60 or 70 percent of it, you, you'll know. <laughs> but with a band uh, and collaborating, you know, you never know what, what the, what, whatever you're working on, you never know how it'll turn out. And usually it turns out for the better, you know. And so, having said that, you know, I could see myself, you know, doing something like Tom does, but in a band sort of format, you know, where it's, just, you know, the same, same people playing on each track. Uh, and then maybe you know, subbing someone out, you know, or, or inviting a special guest or whatever, you know, like having that Richie Blackmore play on this or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. But but there being more of a, a band format at the same time, kind of like 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 like, like, like Carl Santana does, you know, with, 
Yeah, when well, he, he has, like, you know, dance musicians. Yeah, it could be anyone. It could be guitar player, vocalist, percussionist, you know, horn player, whatever. I like that. That, that is the like, more interesting results, I think. And just better, collab, you know, collaboration. And, you know, the wedding band also, I think, is, is, is something that, that you know, is, is a cool outlet for, for Rob and I. And, you know, the wedding band is great in that we can refurbish the wedding band to do whatever we want. If we want to make the, the wedding band a 10-piece band with full horn, horn section, you know, and three vocalists, you know, keyboards, whatever, to play a bunch of funk songs, we do it. If we want the wedding band to just be four guys just slamming it out, you know, playing a bunch of punk, like punk songs, doing a punk medley of stuff, then we do it. You know, if something is going on in the future and the wedding band might be a good platform or vehicle for it, then, yeah, sure. You know, the possibilities are endless. You know, there's no real limitations nowadays. So, I mean, you know, pretty much anything can happen. You know, I'm really into jazz fusion. Rob's really into jazz fusion. We're really into funk, you know, uh, uh, Funk, R&B, soul, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, you know, who knows what might happen? We, you know, Rob and I might put out a, a funk jazz fusion album, and that would be super, super fun, you know, for, for us. I don't know if it would be uh, fun for everyone else, but, you know, <laughs> it'd be super fun for us. And so, you know, who knows? We might do it. I want to hear it. I do. Because we can, you know. Right. Because we can, and we don't have to worry about shit. It's just we're gonna sell X amount of albums for us to even like survive in this, this fucking, you know, musical industry. Fucking the way the music music industry is now, we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. We're doing it for the art of it, you know. Yeah, you got the the wedding band. I know is coming back and and. Uh, this year doing some shows and that's fun and man you got so much too and I saw the uh, Knights of Lacono am I saying that right the comic that's that's on the way too I mean Knights of Lono Lono, that's right Lono Lono. yeah I mean seriously you've got all of these things swirling around you this uh, I mean this obviously seems like a very fun time to be doing what you're doing it it, it is a very very fun time to be doing what I'm doing and you know a lot of it has to do with the fact that that you know, I've been sober for seven and a half years, and it's like all of a sudden I had all this more time. You know, time I used to spend at nightclubs and bars and, and whatnot, or recovering from from that. All of a sudden, I have all this time. You know, all this more time to do more cool stuff. And you know, I've always kind of had this like nervous energy. You know, always feeling like I have to like you know just like occupy my time somehow creatively and so this is kind of you know the consequence of all that and i love it you know i just love i love music i love horror films i love surfing i love my family you know what else is there for me (laughs) if you get to do all the things you love then you're living the best life possible that's uh absolutely true yeah yeah and you know when i look at it it, it's it's you know it's all stuff that that that, you know isn't you know isn't too too far out of the reach of you know you know you know your normal you know yeah it it, it isn't you know it's it's a it's a pretty normal lifestyle is what I, I'm saying you know 
I, you know, I don't, you don't need like a huge financial resources to do, you know, what I do. I just like, I go to the beach, you know, I, I, I hang out on shutter.com, you know, and I, I hang out with my, my, my collection that I've been collecting, you know, forever, endeavor, endeavor, endeavor. And I just love it. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and it inspires me to like, you know, do more of that kind of stuff. I love what you're doing out there. Congratulations on portals and, and everything that's going on. And, and Kurt, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. I so appreciate it. Hey, I, hey, I appreciate it just as well, Kyle, bro. Really, I, I do, man. And thank you. Uh, thank you for, uh, for being so so kind. My thanks to Kirk Hammett. Uh, again, the new EP is called Portals, released on Record Store Day 2022. Big thanks to Kirk. Big thanks to you for checking out the episode. Uh, before you get out of here, hit that subscribe button again so you can keep up with all the new interviews that's come your way every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Three interviews a week with your favorite artists and new discoveries as well at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. It's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots, mostly on Twitter, also Facebook and Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Okay, you one last, then one last one, Kyle. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media.